Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Planning. Today, I have an expert on who's going to talk about a game that I've played a fair amount in my life. Expert, please introduce yourself and let us know what you're an expert in. Oh, hello, friend. I'm comedian Glenn Tickle, and I am an expert in the game of chess. Excellent. I have played chess a number of times. There was a period in my life where I was playing chess pretty regularly. And my understanding of chess is that it is one of the best ways to get to know someone. There's a whole section of society where chess is the formal first date. I believe in the 1700s, when somebody was courting someone, you would have the standard exchange of pheasants to indicate that you wanted to court somebody. But then after the pheasant presentation, there would be a formal sit down between the two young potential lovers, and they would play a game of chess. And depending upon the different country that you were in, it would be customary for the man to win, it would be customary for the woman to win. And there was all these social dynamics. And that's the reason why the king and knight and bishop and everything like that, it was to represent a royal court and how it's kind of related to the courtship of these people. Chess was kind of a flirtation, a strategic flirtation and getting people ready for the intricacies of court. How do you work around and how do you manipulate and move to make sure that you are going to be in the best possible position in court? In modern day chess, a lot of people know about chess grandmasters, but there's also a lot of yeah. different levels. Like there's the chess viscounts, it's a little bit lower. You have the chess dukes, very e relatively easy to become a chess duke. And yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Okay. And then there's commemorative chess sets. A lot of, there's the Super Mario chess set. Any Anything where they can make a chess set, they seem like they're being made into chess set to get people into chess these days. But a lot of people, what they don't realize is that chess stores are used as fronts for underground chess <laughs> tournaments. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very similar to the gambling, the poker, underground poker tournaments and like that. There's even deeper underground is these underground chess tournaments. And a lot of people say that all these chess grandmasters, all of these really famous chess people, if they were to play in these underground chess tournaments, they would just get completely trashed because these people are playing under such difficult and stressful circumstances because so much money is on the line. And yeah. there's the risks uh, you use the wrong defense and you lose all your money, you're going to lose a hand. So that's that's a pretty big concern. And then in terms of my background with chess, I have played chess on a number of first dates with partners. I pretty much use the strategy of what does this piece do, which is pretty good for them feeling like, oh, I'm going to beat this guy. And I haven't ever won, but it is nice to get them very early on to know, oh, this is going to be a really easy game. So they try to take it easy on me, but I still inevitably lose. And I think that one of the main strategies that is common said is you're supposed to be, if you're going to be good at chess, you need to be able to see like five to 10 moves ahead. I can do that myself, but only once it gets close to the end game, 
like at the beginning of the game can't do it but once it's becoming clearer and clearer how i'm going to lose then i can literally <laughs> see the whole board and be like okay i'm gonna move here you're gonna do this 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 and this and they're like if you could only do this 30 moves ago you would be you would be good at chess a lot of people overlook that aspect of chess of being able to recognize how and how quickly you're going to lose i think that that's a big skill that a lot of people should try and develop in terms of their chess games right you gotta forecast your own doom kind exactly and i mean that's one of the biggest takeaways i feel from chess of like there's an inevitable loss for somebody here and maybe a low likelihood of a draw. So based on what you've heard so far, about how much of that would you say was accurate? Some, some of it was. I love the dating aspect of it because obviously chess, very horny game. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think some of it, the, the time period, so chess has kind of changed over the years. Very old game. There's some debate as to where it came from initially. But it's mm-hmm. kind of gone through periods of, of how it is. The time period you were talking about, it was kind of like people are getting pretty fast and loose on the board. As opposed to now, I think people have this idea of, of competitive chess as being like really slow, kind of boring. And they're right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some some there's some movements to try to correct that, make it a little more exciting. Something you can kind of get the kids into. And I, I think... It I've, makes the pieces kiss. I think mm-hmm. that's one way of doing it. I think so. And I think also, I think I've heard of boxing chess, where people yeah, box chess boxing. Chess boxing. Just a big, big event. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Trent, and I forget who, and one of the Botez sisters was the, the women's card. Uh, oh, but yeah, is, you are, you are inter, interspersing rounds of boxing with i think it's a three minutes of a game of chess mm-hmm. and you win by winning the chess game or knocking out the opponent so the further you get obviously kind of the worse you're going to do at either one mm-hmm. because getting punched in the head a bunch you are not going to do that good at a game where you have to think really hard and then the boxing is just exhausting the longer you do it kind of the worse you perform right so you ideally want to get it done quick so you get punched less but there's very little i think nor in a typical game of chess i would say very little sexual tension between the players and i'd honestly love to see some more i've been playing since i was a little kid now chess expert is an actual that i have not achieved nor am i likely to ever do it i am not good at this game i just like it a lot Mm -hmm. play it frequently i do lose quite a bit but it is something I've, I've written about in a professional context. I follow competitive chess pretty closely. It is a thing that I, I would love to be better at, but I just don't think my brain's good. But it's, you know, it's a, it's a part of my life that I, I have long tried to make be a bigger part of my life. But the, the challenge has been getting other people into it. Right. So honestly, I get very little opportunity to talk about chess for 10 minutes at a clip which is my mm-hmm. interest in doing this show anytime i find somebody who is willing to play or talk about it with me i'm always very excited i'm usually also at that point pretty forgiving of any flaws that person might have i might not like this person as a person but if you find somebody who's like at a similar chess level than you you gotta like take some pretty i don't i, don't, I can't think of the word 
you put up with some stuff is what I'm saying. Yeah. And you want to cultivate that relationship and overlook some of their some of their foibles. I have a nephew. I love my mm-hmm. nephew. We play chess a lot. I do usually beat him pretty badly to the point of, is it fun to play chess with my nephew? You know, it's more fun to play chess with somebody who's more likely to beat me, but he's getting better. He's not really an example of a person I don't like to play chess with. I just mean, like, if you find somebody who is a similar rating, you know, it's it's a real, it's a fight. Like, you might win, they might win. You don't know going into it how it's going to end. You do. You kind of tolerate a little bit more from those people. But most people don't really ever want to play chess. I would love it if more people did. There's a bit of a boom now because of the pandemic and the Queen's Gambit on Netflix was a big mm-hmm. on-roading point for a lot of people. But then I think they did realize that when you sit down to play a classical game of chess, this can be hours long. Or, I mean, there's blitz chess, there's rapid, there's bullet. These are just different time controls where essentially mm-hmm. the rules are the same. You just have less time in which to make a move. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's, I think right now, while we're recording this, the, the world rapid and blitz is going on oh, or, wow. or a different rapid and blitz event. But some of the best chess players in the world are right now playing chess against each other very fast. And it's, it's fun to watch because there's like a middle ground. If you're somebody who likes watching chess, if you watch classical chess where, you know, you have hours on the clock and people are spending half hour, 45 minutes per move. It can be boring because you either have no clue what move they are going to make or you might have an idea. There's usually commentators now who are grandmasters themselves or maybe international masters or dukes, and they they will try to predict the moves. But the people playing are better than the people commentating, typically. So it is hard to kind of predict what the move is going to be. Or if the other con, the other side is if you're watching people play bullet chess, which you know you have like a minute on the clock, for a game it's happening so fast you can't really follow so i think there's a middle ground like i like playing watching people play with like 10 15 minutes on the clock where it's enough time i can kind of follow along with my limited chess skills to figure out what is happening another thing that's gotten people into chess recently is there was a big cheating scandal right in the stink field cup that people are speculating whether neiman the player accused of cheating how he would have done it and one theory that's been floating around the internet, even though there's no real evidence of this being the case, was that he had a device, let's say, inserted into himself. Yeah. That would like vibrate cues for for the moves that he should be making. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, I've, I've heard that theory. And I think it's amazing that Morse code has kind of come back into society through vibrations to yeah, dictate. it's still it's still relevant mm-hmm. as, now as ever, and it was the the people that I've spoken to about this I have tried to explain, and they're like, well, how would that like how would a vibrating device inserted into yourself how would that even communicate a chess move? And I'm like, it's a grid, man. You just do like number of beeps up, number of beeps over, and then right, uh, you could that that part the the limited information being communicated is easy part it is like getting a device into the chat because historically like people have cheated just they have a hidden phone and then they take a bathroom break and put the moves into a chess engine and it tells them the best move right but cheating is getting more sophisticated so i think you do need 
that's another push for like, well, we need to get away from having people with three hours on a clock because if you have time to cheat, you're going to do it. It's harder to cheat when, you know, you're just trying to make the move before the clock slows down. Right. Yeah. I think that if they had that kind of situation where there was vibrations and everything, it would become a little bit more clear if the vibration was happening so consistently because it was going so fast. Be a little bit easier. I would love it if that got somebody into chess just because they thought that was part of it. Right. I mean, oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I've been doing that part all along. I didn't know I've been training for chess my whole life. Right. Like I could become like a really good chess player now because maybe that's a whole new type of chess that's going to come out based on this. Yeah, because they're like I said, it's a very old game. The the rules have changed gradually over the years, so it's hard to say exactly like this is when chess. But there are. Bobby Fischer created chess 960 with uh, Susan Polgar, a couple other players where the back line of pieces are randomized (laughs) as a way of kind of combating this idea that like you just spend hours a day studying a chess opening and then when you play the game you're just kind of going through the motions there's also things like bug house where it's kind of like more of a team sport because there's two boards you have a teammate you know you take a piece off the board and then your partner can take that piece and put it on their board Mm -hmm. and like people are coming up with ways to make chess kind of more novel and interesting and i think i think that might be part of it like you have, let's say you have a teammate and they have to communicate you through a vibrating device. And then it's more of like an intimate, maybe it's like more of a partner thing that you don't necessarily do competitively, but maybe in a romantic situation. Right. It's a romantic situation, or maybe there's couples out there that are, they're in, they're not necessarily into a thing where they can be comfortable with their, their partner sleeping with somebody else, but they're, them being involved in a chess game with their partner. I, I don't know. This is for other people to determine what their yeah. new chess related kinks are. But, you know, I look forward to seeing what people can come up with. The future looks bright for chess is, is what I feel. See, I think that's where some people landed after Queen's Gambit, which was kind of a horny show. So mm-hmm. people were like, oh, chess is cool because this show is cool. And then they start playing chess and like, this part's actually kind of boring. And then they just try to figure out a way to make the game hornier. So I think the next couple of years, we see some great variations of this wonderful game that are really going to have people exploring the limitations of game theory of their own bodies. And I think that is just a really exciting time. Absolutely. If people wanted to learn more about you or learn more about chess, where would you recommend that they go? There are two big online chess platforms chess.com and lie chess li chess i i am just at glenn tickle on either one if anybody wants to play i'm not very good you'll probably win but i always like it when random internet strangers challenge me to a game you can also find more about me if you just look up my dry bar special on youtube just look up glenn tickle dry bar and you will find it it is all a bunch of stand-up comedy about myself awesome yeah, it's really fantastic. So I don't people... think I've done any chess comedy. I would love to, but it is one of those things where anytime I bring it up on stage, audience eyes just glaze over. They have no interest in it. You'll, I think you'll find a way. I think you there. There's a there's an avenue into it, and I'm sure you'll be able to find it. I've been trying. We'll see. Yeah, that's my goal for 2023. More chess jokes. Absolutely, Glenn. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the show today. Thank you for having me, my friend. I had a wonderful time. Excellent.
My name is Matt Stores, and this has been Matt's Planning.